This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, with the pandemic, the threat of inflation and general economic uncertainty, we thought it'd be a good idea to bring estate planning back to the fore. It's the 21st century and it's not taboo, please. We're more educated now and we should know better, or one would think. So what are the common mistakes people make when planning their estates? Probably top would be not having a plan. It's never too early to start, I think. And what if you've really got nothing, though? Let's talk with somebody who has more experience about this. Christopher Tan is the founder and CEO of Provident. Christopher, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Howie. I'm glad to be back. It's been some time since we last spoke. Do you think, though, it's never too early to draw up an estate plan? Because I think that's a really pressing question. What if you have nothing, Mm. really, to leave anyone? Um, Well, Howie, I think it's never too late because we never know when we will die. And an estate plan may not just be in the form of a will. I mean, it can include things like just making a simple CPF nomination, having separate accounts, making insurance nominations, you know, listing down you know, your assets and liabilities. I mean, these are things that you can do. It's not always just a will. And in truth, I think most of us have some basic forms of asset like insurance policies, CPF, and maybe some cash in bank. And how we, even if you feel that you don't have enough assets, but you have children who are minors, doing a simple will at the minimum can help you determine who will be your children's guardian in the event both husband and wife pass away. You didn't say it so clearly, but you did touch on a couple Mm. of taboos, I think, or concerns or reasons people put off estate planning, right? Mm. Top being it's taboo because there's this idea, right? What if we keep talking Mm. about death and illness? Will self-fulfilling prophecy type thing get it? And some people feel, oh, I'm still healthy. Mm. Why should I think about this? Or the other reason that people think of putting off estate planning is that you need to be rich to do it. So how do we address these concerns, Chris? You know, I mean, after seeing and working with clients for so long, I feel that it is no longer a taboo, especially with the young people. So I don't think that's stopping people from putting off estate planning. I think the biggest reason is that people do not find an urgency to do so. I mean, nobody wakes up in the morning feeling really excited about doing planning for their own, I mean, for their own <laughs> demise, for their own death, right? No, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so, and even if one is motivated to do so, I think the process can be daunting. I mean, you need to list down your assets, liabilities, decide who will be your beneficiaries. You've got to think about things like, you know, do I want to give it now or later? And if some things you want to give it today, well, how much should you retain for yourself to make sure you have enough? And if you have got assets in offshore jurisdiction, I mean, how do you give it in an in a tax-efficient way? And if you are appointing guardians, I think that's the biggest, biggest sort of like a delay. Most people, you know, they take a long time to think about who will be the next best set of parents for my children in the event I'm no longer around. And sadly, I don't really think there is a simple way to address these so-called concerns and get people started right away. My only encouragement is that you just start and start in baby steps. Don't be too ambitious to try and do everything at one go. I mean, start with doing the simplest, like CPF nomination is not too difficult. Listing down your assets and liabilities is not too difficult. And, you know, doing a simple will, and if you have trouble choosing the best guardians now, just choose who you think is the best. I mean, you can always change them later. But that's the Mm. thing though. Estate planning is for the unforeseen that may occur, right? 
So let's talk about that more in just a bit, especially with regard to you keep mentioning CPF nomination and there's this new digital trust for CPF, but there seems to be some members' concerns with regard to that. But we'll come to that in a bit because I want to ask you, because you're starting to scare me with all of this information, Mm -hmm. is there a sort of step-by-step process of estate planning that we can wrap our heads around? And also thereafter, how often should we revisit it? Yeah, so sorry that I'm scaring everybody. It sounds like a lot of steps, you know. But I mean, I'm just giving some examples. I mean, there are really a few main steps. I mean, the first thing is, you know, don't start by thinking like, oh, do I need a will? You know, should I do my CPF nomination? That's not the starting point. The starting point really is about thinking through the objectives of your estate plan. For example, if you have got liabilities, Ask yourself, do you want to pay off these liabilities upon your demise? How much of your assets do you want to retain for personal use and how much do you intend to give it away? If you are giving it away to fund the lifestyle of, say, your loved ones, how much is enough for them? If your net assets is insufficient to fund the lifestyle of your loved ones upon your demise, do you need to buy insurance to create that amount? And in the distribution of your assets, I mean, how do you intend to impart your values? I mean, this I know it sounds a bit fuzzy, but you might want to think of that. That's really the first step, your objectives. Don't think about the structures and the legal instrument yet. Only after you have thought through your objectives, your desire, then you think about the instruments you want to use for distribution. I mean, they can be simple things like CPF nomination, simple things like, you know, should I put into a joint account or should I buy this property in joint tenancy? Do I need a will? And some people, they if the assets are complex and huge, they may say, I may need a trust. Or, you know, it can be as simple as a lifetime gift today. Once you have settled that, then you go and visit the relevant professionals to you know, execute your wishes. Now, to that question on how often, you know, should you revisit? I think it's as often as you need and as often as you like. For example, there could be a change of wishes or there could be significant events in your life, such as a marriage, birth of a newborn, death of a beneficiary or an acquisition of a new asset. When these things happen, then, well, you might want to then revisit your estate plan. So obviously, it's not a one plan fits all kind of situation. Everyone's objectives will be different, right? A married person versus a single person versus a childless person. Yeah, I think the process is standard, I would say. Well, the, the, the general process of first knowing your needs before thinking of the solutions to create, preserve and distribute your wealth is standard. But the details, they are not standard at all. I mean, the complexity really will depend on your type of assets. Usually, for example, real estate, uh, local overseas, are a little bit more difficult to distribute due to the loss of the land. Today, you know, you have digital assets, cryptocurrency. So you've owned a lot of that. Again, that's complicated because the laws of distributions have not caught up with the investment world. You know, so things like that. I mean, and if you have got assets like in in other jurisdictions, it can be complicated. The citizenship, the country or domicile of your beneficiaries can make things complex. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Back to our conversation with Christopher Tan, founder and CEO of Provident, about estate planning. If you can DIY it, the common mistakes made, and if it's ever too early to start. So Chris, it's sounding like there's no real standard process, especially since the world is changing so quickly and it could get more complicated, right? Diversified wealth, assets, like you said, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, how do I calm down and wrap my head around this whole thing? 
Yeah, I think you can start by doing the simple things, right? I mean, doing a CPF nomination is not complicated at all. You can do that on your own. Making an insurance uh, nomination, you can do it on your own. Deciding whether some of your assets should be in joint account or single account, well, you don't have to see a professional. You can do it on your own. Why is there a difference between joint and single? So I'll just quickly talk about it. Well, if your account is a joint account, even though by the law, there is no need for the monies in joint account to go through that whole thing called probate process, sometimes the banks being conservative may freeze your assets or may freeze those accounts. So if you have a single account, just in case your better half passes on, well, at least you have your own account to run the family. I mean, these are simple things. You don't need, it's, this is part of estate planning, right? So even for wills, legally speaking, there is no need to use a lawyer to write a will. I mean, you can use, there are plenty of free will writing robots or services out there. But I'll say that there are certain intricacies that you may not be involved or you may not be aware of and you may want to hire a professional to be safe. Let me give you an example. You have an aged parent and you want, you want to help your aged parent put up a will and actually they don't understand English. Now, if you do it on your own, yes, it's legally okay to do it on your own, but you really need to put a simple clause to say that the will is being interpreted to them in their language before they sign. If this is not present, it can cause some delay in the probate process. So these are simple things, but I hope it helps explain why. Uh, use a professional. Don't try and do it on your own. So professionals meaning you might need to hire a lawyer, pay for a trustee, etc. to be appointed. That's right. I mean, most people don't need a trustee unless their assets are really huge. And by huge, I mean maybe in the region of, say, US 10 million. Yeah. Then you may need a corporate trustee. But otherwise, I think for most of us, a simple will, you appoint someone that you trust as a trustee, I think that will suffice. So you're saying the amount is about 10 million before you need some sort of trustee to help you out? From a cost point of view, yes, because a lot of trustees, at the minimum, they charge about you know 10,000 to 15,000 US dollars. And so if your assets is very small, and I, when I say 10,000 to 15,000, how we, I mean once a year, annually, right? So, I mean, if your assets are really small, I mean, the cost outweighs the benefit. So I would say, yes, that's an amount to look at. Okay, we have to talk about what we brought up earlier. And you mentioned a lot nominating for CPF savings, right? Mm. So what do you mm. make of the new digital trust for CPF savings? I mean, it's supposed to address some members' concerns, even with that CPF nomination scheme. Talk us through it. Yeah. So first of all, let me explain quickly uh, what is a digital trust. Now, this is not a service provided by CPF board, but by a private trust company. And what happens is that instead of nominating individuals to be nominees of your CPF monies upon your demise, you can nominate the trust company to receive your CPF monies and to hold in trust for your beneficiaries. I mean, the main benefit is really for money protection. For example, the beneficiary in question may be an undischarged bankrupt, in which case, upon receiving your CPF monies upon your demise, the monies are used to pay creditors instead of benefiting him or her. That's not what you want. Or you may be afraid that your beneficiaries do not know how to manage large sums of money and having a trust payout in small amounts each month can avoid overspending by the beneficiaries. So I think there are some users to digital trust, but just do take note that it is really just for your CPF monies. At the end of the day, it's sounding as though as you plan your estate, a lot of it is personal, a lot of it is based on feelings and the professionals that you hire won't help you through that. So how can one sort of get prepared to make those steps 
and prepare for planning your estate. You can't expect your lawyer to sort of hold your hand and talk you through emotional things. Yeah, so I think it's important to emphasize once again that estate planning is not just about writing a will, you know, and all that. The will is just a legal instrument. And really, you know, if you go to a lawyer without being very clear what you want, you're just wasting your time with a lawyer. And, you know, as we all know, the more time you spend at the law firm, the more fees you chalk up, right? So I think the very first step is, again, I emphasize knowing what you want to do, how you want to use your accumulated wealth to fulfill your objectives or even impart your values through your asset. I think that is the starting point. And you can surely do some of this yourself, but having a trusted and competent, for example, wealth advisor to help you with that can make the journey easier. And after you have done the first step, you then decide whether you need to buy insurance to, say, fund your shortages. Then again, a wealth advisor can help you. And after you have done all these things, then go and see a lawyer. Because once you are very clear exactly what you want, how you want to distribute, leave the legal aspect, leave the structuring to the lawyer. I mean, that's what the lawyer is good for. Once you are done with that, then you go to the lawyer and that process will be very smooth. And I'll say this, even though you can write a will on your own, I mean, as I've explained, there are intricacies that you may not be aware of and you have spent your entire life building your wealth. I mean, I think it's worth your while to spend some money couple of hundred bucks, which is a small proportion of your total asset to ensure that your estate plan is properly put in place. If I die, mm. I close my eyes. I don't know what's happening. What do I care? Where the money goes or what happens with my assets might be the sentiment that some people have. Mm. Yes. Well, Howie, you are right. You know, when we don't do anything about estate plan, we just leave behind burdens for our family to shoulder. Mm. For example, in Singapore, if you don't have a will, you know, your assets, not all, but most of your assets will be distributed by this thing called, this law called the Intestate Succession Act. Perhaps your accounts could be frozen. Perhaps your car, you know, because it was under your name, now it's going to be very difficult for your family to transfer. I mean, yes, we close our eyes and we don't know all these things, but I think we want to ask ourselves whether, I mean, those are the things, the burdens, you know, that we want to leave our family with, right? So, and if you feel that, no, you want to actually leave this place, you want to leave a positive legacy of yourself, I think it's good to just think through these things. I mean, some of us, you know, for myself, I've gone through, you know, trying to do an estate without a will. It takes months. It's a long time. It's painful. I got to find where all these assets are. So I hope we don't do these things to our loved ones. I mean, that's as much as I'll say. We've been discussing estate planning with Christopher Tan, founder and CEO of Provident. Christopher, thank you so much for your time and stay safe. Thank you, Howie. And that's a wrap for Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the Audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of 
or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.